So, Mark, let me try it. Souter? Solder. Damn it. That was the that was the easy. That's okay. Way. Yep. It's probably not the way you want to hear, but that's the majority. Souter or uh Yeah, that's pretty much the one. Souter is what I get a lot, but See, I'm down in Louisiana, so it looks vaguely French, but we have like crazy like a uh, saucier or um you know, a bear, but it's spelled Herbert. So it's like all these like. You yeah, know. you get me back. My uh, first name's Mark, spelled with a uh, C. So my grandmother on my mom's side's from uh, Montreal. Ah. Uh, so I got that a lot growing up because they thought because my first name's French, it must be like, like Sautier or something French. Right. Right. But that was what yeah, I went yeah. For. Yes, sir. So, you all right? So, how did we even get linked up? Um, I remember uh, getting like an Instagram, um, like a follow from you, and I looked into uh, your podcast, Mister Stutz, and like the tagline yes, was like um, "Speech Impediment Podcast Recovery." And I was <laughs> like, that is that is awesome. Uh, yes, sir. How did that tell me about that? Yeah. So, uh, we got connected. I mean, I've been listening to your podcast, uh, since I began, uh, getting sober back in 2017, back when you guys first started. And I, uh, so, um, I just, uh, followed you with the uh, long game in mind to uh <laughs> to to you know send a message you know plant uh yep. slide into your dms as it were yep. and uh to eventually see about it and then i started following recovery mike yep and i knew he was in like doing stuff with um dopey and I knew he was connected on some level with you, but not really like I didn't really know that story. And then I had Recovery Mike on my show and he was like, hey, I talked to Jed. He wants to have you on. And I was like, hell yeah, that's dope, <laughs> man. I, I didn't know really where the that, that, that that wasn't part if Recovery Mike uh, listens that wasn't part of the uh the deal but hey it worked out <laughs> yeah but yes yeah, so the mr stutz i um i wanted to do a podcast for a long time and i tried doing a podcast when quarantine first uh started and we we're all like at a home with nothing to do and it was like, oh, I'm off for three weeks. Let's start a podcast. Why not? The creative vibe, you know, like might as yeah. well. And it, it, I tried doing YouTube. I uh, didn't really know like how to do Spotify and Apple and all that stuff. So I tried doing YouTube and it's just video is a lot of work and like, it's a, it's a lot of work. Yeah, man. And like transferring files down to size. And I just three episodes in, I'm like, you know what? I'm good on this one. Yeah. Um. And then when I started up again, I uh, um just wanted to do something 
about recovery, that was kind of what I wanted to do before. I didn't really know what my goal was. I was just kind of, I wanted to talk to people and I wanted to do a show. Uh, so Mr. Stutz came around because I've uh, stuttered my whole life. Um, these days it's actually much better, but I, I had a really bad stutter growing up and um, uh, uh, stuttering kind of comes and goes nowadays. But I had a buddy, one of my best friends. I'm getting married in the summer, and he was in my wedding party, or will be my wedding party. One of my closest Congrats. friends. Thank you, man. I appreciate that. It's, and it's we not were out too to, late to change your mind. I'm just saying. That's <laughs> well for her to change her mind more specifically. <laughs> I, know, I, I, I I I can't let it go. You know how it is. I ha- I have uh, to continue. But yeah, the, so I got that joke so many so many times so I just got to carry the stupid flag and now you can do 100%. It's so funny because people people especially who are married a while like oh well, well good luck. Yes. Oh ball it's like oh thank you for yes. getting me stoked on marriage. I appreciate that. Yeah dude I got a ton <laughs> but, of But uh No, it's going to be good though. Um Oh, it'll be great. She's the best, and uh, she puts up with my shenanigans. So, um, yeah, that's a huge. So plus. yeah, so I went out to dinner with a few. Oh, dude, it, it's find the one and just hold on to it. Once you find the one that'll put up with you, just lock it down. But uh, so I went out to dinner with a few friends of mine. Like I don't know, in the last couple of years, before when we actually could go out to dinner with people, right? And um, and uh, and uh. He was just like joking around, like just being a buddy, like we chirp each other like boys do. And he I can't remember exactly what it was, but he's like, yo, Stutz, pass the salt. And I was like, the what the like too far, <laughs> like not cool. I was pissed. I was like, Stutz, like even for a good friend, I was like, that is over the line. And then when I was making the podcast, I was like, well, I'm going to stutter it's just inevitable and I don't want to like have to restart the podcast every time I, you know, stutter. So I'm just going to put this in the forefront, especially if people are listening and they hear silence for 15 seconds. Like, yeah. you know, I, 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 I got to make this work. So I was like, yo, Stutz, Mark Stutz, Mr. Stutz, the stuttering recovering addict and just throw it out there and, it's somewhat uh, clickbait, but I'll yeah. take it. I'm yeah, not really man. worried I mean, about there's, it. There's millions of people out there. You have to. You absolutely have to carve out something for yourself. You know what I mean? People. I guess that's the cool thing about all these podcasts is that. I mean, that was kind of like ours. I figured that we were going to be talking to an extremely small group of people and it turns out i guess it's you know since it's a global thing podcast yeah. it's like a, a small percentage of people on a worldwide scale is like a lot of people um so that's what's kind of cool is like how many uh weird not weird but how many communities of like-minded people or like people that have similarities are popping up all over the place uh when before it's like you would you know i'm sure you know there was a time in your life when you absolutely would do everything you could to make sure people did not know or focus on the fact that you had a stutter right 
Oh, yeah, hundred percent. And like you're right, man. Like I, I'll uh, scroll through on Spotify and I'll just type recovery, and it's just it's like a million different recovery podcasts, and they all, all uh, um have their place and like have like their guests and their their people listening that have hopefully changed people's lives, and that's awesome. But I want this to be a big deal, and I, I uh, w- want people to listen. And uh, and you're 100% right, man. Stuttering was a very self-conscious thing for me growing up. Um, as we get into my story, being raised in a very, uh, you know, name it and uh, claim it, uh, you know, healing uh, gospel. Um, Blab it and grab it is my personal favorite. I, I like to I've use that one, that one when I, oh, dude, uh, I heard from a Southern Baptist preacher. I was like, yo, I am taking that for as often as I can. <laughs> so good. But, uh, but yeah, so for me, like stuttering, like I got into fights and I got like changed schools and it was a really self-conscious thing for me. And especially like in my drinking days going to a bar and it's a loud bar you're trying to talk to a girl you get her attention and she looks at you when you're looking at her and you're not saying anything for 30 seconds it can be an awkward uh exchange Uh, (laughs) or the (laughs) the best is when you go to shake someone's hand that you never met and they say their name and you can't say yours and you're just holding a stranger's hand for 20 it's it's uh, very intimate probably quicker than uh they would like but <laughs> so it's like so it's not so i've got a a, a couple things on this but it, so it's yeah. not um i guess you can educate me a little bit on this sure. so it's not necessarily uh sometimes it's like a failure to start talking or other times it's like a double step or yeah yeah, so it can be it can be the like beginning consonant or the beginning sound. So, uh, my name Mark. Uh, the uh, mm, 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 mm can be very difficult to kind of start sometimes. Uh, stutter is one that's funny. Uh, kind of like the word lisp, and like they with can't, the lisp, you know, people who have it, a yeah. lisp and they can't. It's kind of the same it's deal. So like, cruel. yeah, it's so mean. Like, I love God; He's saved my life, but it's those little things that make me question yeah. sometimes. But, uh, <laughs> but, but yeah. So, and it's uh, consonants in like the middle of uh, different words. Usually, it seems to be the beginning of words where I can like kind of say the first syllable three or four times and get the ball rolling. But um, uh, I figured out though, it's funny because I figured out when I was a kid, very young. And like I was saying, like stuttering got me in fights and picked on like from a really young age. And when I was like seven or eight years old, I don't know how I figured this out, but I figured out that if I like say uh, like, um, swear before the word I'm about to stutter on it could like you know blend into each other so I'm like swearing all the time at a young age getting suspended left right and center because I figured it out I figured it out and it worked to my advantage I got really cool really quick but uh but but yeah it's so bizarre so I had this this always so I'm extremely empathetic like to to a ridiculous degree um feeling other people's pain i am very 
adaptable to other people's languages. Like I moved around the country and wherever I'm at, I will, you know, pick up little lingos and pick up. The, sure. Um, so I had a friend who had a stutter in middle school and high school. And when I would hang out with them, I would find myself, you know, doing a little, and it was hundred percent. It was not like I, I a couple times had to make sure I'm like, dude, this is not, uh, I'm not making fun of you. Like, I'm not I don't making know fun what, of you. I don't know what it is in my brain. Yeah. It's like, I, I don't know. That's just a weird thing that I always have. But every time I hung out with him, I would kind of adapt his little stutter. And it was the weirdest yeah. damn thing. But I uh -huh. had, uh, I had Tourette's. So, okay. Um, that got diagnosed when I was 11 is when it started. And so mine was uh, facial tics. Um, like I would blink real hard. I would roll my eyes like that. And then I would I would uh, blow out of my nose. Um, sounded like I was sniffing, but I was Interesting. blowing air out of it. And right. that was, I mean, a, as you know, in middle school, that shit was awful. Right. And it was, I remember, dude, this was, <laughs> yes. this was, this was my, my God, this was a traumatic experience. So it was sixth grade. We were on a bus going to, um, a field trip. And I finally, I was in a new school this year. Um, first time I really started getting made fun of and I got to hang out somehow. I got invited to like the back of the bus with the cool kids and it was me, this other guy, this other guy, and three girls that, like, I was interested in. And we ended up playing Truth or Dare. And it got to me, and this kid goes, Uh-oh. Jed, I dare you not to sniff for three seconds. And, <laughs> dude, it killed me, bro. And then it's like. You take your backpack and go to the front. Bro, it was awful, dude. And, and of course, like. My, um, the way mine worked, the more anxiety or the more I focused on it, the worse it would get. So I'm of like, course. <laughs> just going yeah. over. Yeah, that. yeah, yeah. Um, it's pretty good. I had like a bad, it's weird. Now, as an adult, it really comes and goes. It gets really bad when I'm using, uh, which is interesting. Mm. Um, especially like amphetamines or opiates too, but that would really kick off, um, and then other things would like help it, but yeah. So I I, I can definitely uh, relate to a small yes. degree on having um, this thing, you know, that's like very obvious to the outside world and like very irritating to myself. Or mine yep. was, you know, I just did not. Obviously, I did not want to do it. Um, but let's. So we <laughs> it can, wasn't a choice. It was not a choice. <laughs> Absolutely not. <laughs> but let's let's start back with you because that is the other uh commonality is you know kind of some faith stuff but I yeah guess, so how were you raised and when did you kind of find uh sweet lady booze or whatever your, <laughs> uh, your poison of choice was sure yeah so i was raised in a uh, fantastic Christian home. Uh, my very first memory, really, I was four years old. It was very picturesque, the rain against the window and the train going by. And my mom led me to Jesus at like four years old. I like remember that like it was yesterday. Um, and uh, my parents 
co-started a church in some friend's basement when I was like six, uh, five, six around there. And I was raising the church. I was going to church between three and five times a week. My dad was wow. the uh, worship leader, worship pastor, whatever. My mom ran the children's ministry for uh, quite a few years in there. And the church was my life. I was always around the church. I was always at the church. Um, and I was raised with Jesus, which looking back on it, I'm very grateful for. Um, but it definitely like there were some teachings that kind of like messed you up along the way. Right. Like yep. uh, the, the whole uh, stuttering thing, like my mom uh, is uh a terrific woman and she loves Jesus with all her heart and she did it out of love. But the stuttering thing, we just were not accepting that. Like that was not our confession. You know what I mean? Like, wow. you know, did and it, uh, develop uh, for as long as I can remember, okay. I'm uh, assuming right when I could begin talking. Right. And so we would go to prayer meetings. We would go to churching whenever um, uh, healing pastors were in Toronto. We'd be down there. I would be prayed for. We would travel uh, hours to get prayed for for my speech. And that was something that I believed. I believed that I wanted it, you know, like I believed that this needed to happen. There was something wrong with me and we got to, mm. so, so that didn't really click in as something negative until down the road, but yeah, so I was raised uh, that way. I uh, began on the worship team when I was 13, I'm 31 now. So I was 13 years old on the worship team, playing guitar, playing bass, um, and uh when um and that was my life for the whole first half do you stutter when you sing i don't yeah i've heard that don't that's interesting yeah well and it's funny because i was uh playing music touring for a long time and uh when i was in high school I was the uh, front man for a screamo band. Hey, me too. Yes, sir. That's what I'm talking about. We adopted the, we do this for Jesus Christ, and then yeah. we're <laughs> not living for Jesus at all. Yeah. Uh, we yeah. adopted that pretty quickly. I, I don't think the rest of the band really cared, but I was like, yo, I have to, I have to, I can't be in a band and not do this. Yeah, exactly. You know what I mean? Yep. And, uh, and so, yeah, but then in my later years playing pop punk and touring, I was the um, backup vocalist and bass player. And I would talk on stage. We'd have a, a kind of um, uh, blink, like, you know, yeah, banter the, the back banter, and forth, yeah, yeah. the banter. And I wouldn't stutter ever. And then I would get off stage. And I don't know, it was just something about performing that I just loved it. And I never stuttered never stammered i'm sure once or twice it came out but right, no right. never that's super interesting so when did so did you really kind of get did you get the feeling that like god's not healing me because x y or z or did you get resentful at god or did the prayer uh, the healing prayer meetings, did they kind of taper off? Like, was there a point at which 
your parents and yourself were like, okay, this, this just is what it is and it's not going away. Yeah. I think, I think like I was kind of led to believe that I was kind of part of the problem and not necessarily from my mom, but I like from different pastors that I would talk to or from different sermons that I would watch and listen to. And like, I love the Bible growing up, man. Like I would be nine, 10 years old. I went on a um, uh, mission trip when I was 10 years old and I would have like my Bible in my basement, writing notes and preaching to my wall. Like I've always wow. loved the Bible. Yeah. Oh dude, I was all about it, but I was really led to believe that like you're doing something wrong. Like, that's why God's not healing you, that you're, you swore yesterday, so God's not healing you. Or when I was older, uh, you, you know, you must be looking at something on the internet, yeah. and God's not healing you. And so there was that, God like, push-pull. Filthy hand. <laughs> that's right. Exactly. Did you clean your hands since yeah. yesterday? God, not. man. And so there was this kind of like push pull where like I wanted to be this good Christian kid and I wanted to not stutter. Um, uh, but I just I was a kid and yeah. I was being a kid and I was doing kid stuff. And uh, so, yeah, man, like I don't think I, I wouldn't say I was resentful towards God, but it kind of turned into a resentment toward myself and mm -hmm. it kind of turned into a like what's wrong with me and yeah. why can't I just be a perfect Christian? Like they say I can, yeah. like, why can't I just be, you know, be that. And the resentment towards my parents probably came out a little bit later in uh, my life and like my behavior, like moving on in my high school years. But at the time it was just more me. Like, why can't I do this? What's wrong with me that God won't heal me. And, it probably those healing meetings and stuff probably went into my mid teenage years. I don't know if we can call out um, certain healing ministers on this pod, yeah, but absolutely. I, I got Did you go to some famous yeah. ones? bro. Benny Hinn. No way. In Toronto. Yes, sir. Benny Hinn uh, laid hands on you. Push me to the ground. If we no could be straight shit. up. Yeah. Let's just broadcast it. Yeah, dude. It was, it was wild times. It was wild times. Did you uh, feel anything? Um, it was pretty sweaty, <laughs> pretty sweaty, pretty sweaty up there. Um, no, but, but you know what's funny though, is that I never really like questioned. I don't know. Cause like, I've been getting hands laid on me forever. And I think everybody lays hands with a bit of a force. You know what I mean? But then I was like on the bus ride home and I was like, did, did that bro just push me to the ground? <laughs> did I just get physically abused? I'm like, wait a yeah. minute. Yeah. Yeah. And it was like, and like, like straight up, like there was some really well-meaning pastors who, who were a part of my life and my church and, Benny Hinn, I do not know from before or after. And uh, people, I know certain people I've told that story to don't, don't, uh, they, whatever, they don't like, like buy it or whatever. But, but there were some well-meaning pastors, you know, sure. like they, they believe, you know, what they were selling. I, I, and I do believe God can heal as I well. That's the thing. Like, I I'm not too. against that idea. I do too. I think it's completely and utterly up to his discretion though and it's yes, like sir. and there's really 
I can't seem to discern a rhyme or reason or pattern or anything, but for sure, I've met too many people that I just know are not liars. Like I just know they're, they're, yeah. they're not liars yeah. and I just believe what, what they say. And I've, you know, I've, yeah. So it certainly, I do believe it, which, which all that can be problematic to be someone who is then not getting healed because then it really does become, so what's, what's the deal? What, why am I, you know, but I guess you can go to, you know, Paul, that's the most famous example of Paul mm-hmm. with the thorn in the side. And it's just like, all right, you know, I could, but I'm not gonna. And that's just kind of how it is. Yeah. No, a hundred percent that you say that. And uh, just real quick to that, I was always told, apparently Benny Hinn himself stammered back in the day. I don't know. Uh, but I was always brought in the scriptures to Moses, you know, Moses, like Moses had oh, yeah. a speech impediment and God, and, you know, God used him. And I was kind of, you know, brought to all these different scriptures where God, A, will use me and B, will heal me. And it wasn't until I kind of discovered the gospel for my self in my mid twenties where it was like, oh, Paul had this thorn in the flesh. Funny how nobody mentioned this part. Yeah. <laughs> nobody mentioned this, right. <laughs> you know? Yeah. And so, yeah. It's harder to, to sell tickets on the whole, hey, you're <laughs> that's sick right. and you're going to be sick. But it's cool because that's kind of the right. point. Um, <laughs> that's right. Yeah. So all that sounds to me like a perfect recipe to discover uh, alcohol or drugs. But how did that happen for you? Yeah, so I um really I just kind of say it like I've just been on the journey to feel good, <laughs> to feel different than I currently do my my whole life. Um when I was really young, there's uh a TV station here in Toronto who used to uh uh, Friday at 2:30 a.m. play filthy movies. <laughs> and when I uh I uh, fell asleep on the couch watching something else and I woke up and there was like boobs on the screen and I was like, oh, and seriously, like that was kind of the first like kind of drug, if you will, like, oh, this is like watching this is making me feel good. Yeah. And so, I mean, back then, I mean, I'm not super old, but I'm old enough to that like loading up pictures on the internet took forever. Yeah. So it was always kind of, you know, risky business looking at stuff oh, <laughs> on the internet. Freezes, oh, you're bro. done. You're then done. You hear that garage door open and it's like, Oh my oh, God. Time you're, to unplug you're screw- throw the computer outside. Uh, absolutely. Why is this computer fifth time this week? It's been smashed in pieces. I, <laughs> but, uh, but yes. So basically from that moment on, I was just kind of like, I just want to feel good. And I remember my buddy uh, got hit by a uh, um, car uh, in my early teenage years, like, I don't know, 14 or 15 years old. He got hit by a car and they gave him drugs. And he was like, yo, bro, these are dope. <laughs> it's like, I don't even remember what they were, to be honest with you. Um, and he was like, these are awesome. And so we that kind of started it. We would raid um our parents medicine cabinets he uh would get hit by cars to get drugs seriously like 
straight up and it was it was a few times like i'm not saying every wednesday he got hit by a car but it was enough to you know get more whatever and um and it was just that was kind of the beginning and i never i was taught not to do a lot of things mm-hmm. i was never taught why mm. you know opposed besides like you know going to hell isn't the greatest thing that could happen to you so but i i was never really taught like why to stay away from these things it's just like stay away from them and then when you like do it you just think it's just oh it's just this one time yeah nothing bad's gonna happen right because you don't understand the consequences of these decisions when you're 13 14 15 years old right and so yeah, so and then um from there it was just uh trying to fit in and there'd be some cute girls who were having a party and try alcohol for the first time. Alcohol was a little bit difficult for me to get. Mm, um my parent yeah, uh, my parents drank but like they didn't um 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 uh, drink though it was like you know when the kids go to bed they'll have some wine watching their tv show it was never out um it was never like like oh get daddy a beer like it was never like that right so for for me or anything (laughs) exactly exactly so for me it was just like booze weren't wasn't really the first love it was just kind of pills was what was available and pills was what was around um, and then it wasn't really till my later teen years, probably 17, 18, where I uh, tried weed and I started dating this girl who had zero rules in her house. My parents to kind of shove this in the middle, my uh, parents got divorced when I was 17. Mm. And as you can imagine from the childhood that I kind of described it, through everything I believed off. Like it was a complete, a bit, it was heavy. No, no. And so that's kind of a big one to kind of throw in the middle of this, but that I was already kind of one foot on the worship team Sunday mornings and one foot partying and hitting up girls and not being a Christian at all. Mm. And I lived in like a very small farm town. So everything i was already in that early mindset of like being secretive like everybody knew everybody right and so i was very very um early in that like secret forming which again is not good exactly so so yeah so so basically i was already going down a not good path and then when my parents got divorced i just could care less and a girlfriend that i was dating in high school we broke up the next girl that wanted to sleep with me turns out that in her house you can smoke weed in her room and i was like i'm here this is where i am now yeah and my whole friend group changed my whole everything just shifted to just smoking weed every day all day almost overnight and uh that's that's kind of where 
because it was really the perfect storm. Like, yeah. like for me before it was like searching for things to make you feel better and also keeping everything secret. But now I, f- I uh, found friends who were all about it. Weed and booze were around all the time. My search was over. It yeah, was perfect. Yeah, you had arrived, my friend. Did any mm-hmm. of that help with your stutter or any of it make it worse? Or is it kind of like a non-issue at this point? Like, it's just a, a, a uh, what's the word, fact of life? No, I mean, it was still pretty there. It was not, it was um, definitely better than when I was younger. But it was still there, and I hated it, man. Like, it's not until really the last couple years that I've really accepted my speech and been like, you know what? This is who I am. Without it, I wouldn't be, like, I had to choose when I was young if I am going to let my speech keep me quiet or if I'm just going to say screw it and just be obnoxious and, you know, because I – I um needed to fit in somehow yeah so i just kind of went over to the top right i was that kid who was always you know just absolute chaos um the clown if you will yes but yeah smoking weed works like a charm and (laughs) slows you right down (laughs) give a shit too that's the exactly gosh completely okay with just whatever oh and man i would it would slow me down. It would calm me down. There was there was definitely when I first started smoking weed, it was definitely like uh oh like it was not medicinal, but it was kind of like yo, like this does help but it me. Is, though. It, yeah, I mean, it really yeah. is. I mean, that's first and foremost, like, especially if someone's gonna really really devote your life to to drugs it's because it really works like it's doing something like something is wrong uh you have a problem and you found the solution and it's yeah. it's okay this is what i'm gonna do because what i was doing wasn't working or i didn't think it was working or something in my life was was unacceptable until i found this thing and then it's like okay so how do i make my life fit around this thing and not the other way around yeah a hundred percent that's exactly it and it as um you know us uh, drug addicts are uh borderline scientists oh, and so yeah. Yeah. i i <laughs> i figured out man they like like okay so weed slowed me down and then when i was um drinking it would make the stuttering not worse as in like every word but it would definitely be more prevalent so if i drink and smoke together perfect it's the perfect mix and later on in my life i um found cocaine and if i did cocaine by itself that made me stutter like crazy so if i drink and smoke (laughs) weed on cocaine i'm perfectly normal so it's all balanced me stutter so i can't (laughs) yeah (laughs) (laughs) exactly exactly so yeah to um go to your question for sure there was this like i just felt normal and i always felt like i had to and like like i was saying i I, I I had some good friends in uh, the church, but like, I always just felt like I 
like couldn't really be honest and couldn't really be myself. And so now I was in a place where I could be myself. Like we could talk about Jesus, you know, when you're drunk and high and you're like, wait, you don't believe that the world just exploded into existence. Oh, nah, man, I believe in Jesus. And so you can have all the time. All I had the time, so man. many drunken uh, proselytizing <laughs> moments where I'm like, no, dude, yes. you don't get it, bro. Like, he died, dog, for you, man. <laughs> and it's like looking back, how cringy is that? I'm so oh, dude. Well, I guess trying to. I guess. Yeah, I guess Paul said if, you know, the gospel's being preached, you oh, know, yeah, what if. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and you gotta like, what was it, like, speak in the language of the people. And it's like, all that's right. right. Dude, so I'm that's down right. The doing the work. Yeah. That's right. I'm just putting in the work. Yeah. But yeah, so that was, that was kind of how it was at that point. So what, what went wrong? When did, uh, when did things start going off the rails? Well, I, uh, yeah, I mean, to me, it was weird, right? Because, like, I really didn't feel like I could be open with my family. So, like, the more that I was smoking, the more I was, you know, sleeping around and drinking. And it became just a daily, like, when it first starts, it's like, okay, so we'll smoke weed every day, but we're going to save drinking for the weekends. And then when you're just hanging out with your stoner buddies all the time and you get older and one of the person, their parents buy you booze and then it just becomes a like regular thing. And so we would, it would be a Tuesday after work. And, and that was the other thing. We all worked together at McDonald's. So just a bunch of stoner yes. McDonald teenagers just Dude, coming cool. back with just t- 20, Let's be real. That? That's kind of the life, dude. <laughs> like, Can I, I, I like listen? It was dope. Like, yes, it, our well, place was and a, like our place was Bellachinos. It was a pizza shop. That was our thing. But yes, okay, we totally feel you. We all and then it was lament. A hundred percent. We all lived in the same house. And, we all <laughs> did the same drugs, and we all worked at the same place, bro. And it was just like, ugh. and and when you're that young. And you're like searching for your tribe or whatever you want to call it. Right. And so you're like, this is gonna, this is it. And you don't realize how young you are. You don't realize that in the next five years, your entire friend group will most likely change. Like you don't understand. Right. So it's just like, so like my one buddy who lived across the road from my girlfriend at the time, his, him, uh, him and a bunch of friends, I uh, wasn't there, but they got um, caught by the cops smoking weed in, in um, the park. And so his dad took it upon himself to build himself a shed in the back of his backyard. So he's like, I am now building you a weed shed. And if you ever got caught, caught by the cops again, I'm not bailing you out because you have a shed here to do whatever you want to do. And so it was either at the shed or at my girlfriend's place. And that was just where we were 24 seven or we were working. But uh, some of us were either um, graduated from high school or like myself dropped out because who needs it? Sure. And uh, and uh, so. So, yeah. So to, to go back to your question, it was looking back at what it was already like not good times, right. but it was the perfect storm for me. Right. And so. Um, in my early twenties, um, 
that kind of I uh, was doing that. I lived about an hour north of Toronto, and when I turned twenty, I moved down to the city. And uh, the high school band that I was in broke up, and my guitarist and I started um, different band, and we started taking music a lot more seriously. We were writing a lot more seriously. Um, doing real recordings and um, starting to play shows. And that first summer we were a band, we must have played like 50 shows in like two and a half months, just playing wherever we could, playing house parties, playing backyards, playing venues, playing clubs, like whatever we could do, we were playing. If you wanted to pay us a case of beer to play on your roof, we were there, like whatever you wanted. And for me, like that was, that's really what I was just like looking for. Like I wasn't dealing with any parents. Um, I was drunk all the time, drinking all the time, smoking all the time. And so the band started getting more and more popular. And when we're um, playing a lot of shows, um, females uh, liked me which was a very nice introduction oh, yeah. uh before it was like one out of every 10 liked me now it was like three out of every 10 hey, so I you like know it was, <laughs> yeah not yeah. bad right not good, bad good as numbers, a gambling man that's right um but really for me dude like that whole band like we were a band from age for me age 20 to age 25 and Really, I was just in it to get drunk and have no one to be accountable to. You know, I love the music. I love the band. I wanted the band to succeed. Like, that was what I wanted. But really, what my heart was searching for was just to be not sober for as often as I possibly could. And I didn't really realize it at the time. So what... I was already smoking weed every day for years for a few years at that point was drinking as often as I possibly could. I wouldn't say the drinking got necessarily out of control. Cause like, I mean, I guess it was in uh, some ways, but like I was still sober when I needed to be, I was sober for shows and I was sober for work. I was smoking weed all the time, but as far as like booze was concerned, I was still kind of keeping that under control. But when it got, when it, when it really went sideways and I couldn't come back from it was when I did Coke for the first time. Yeah. (laughs) Like that, (laughs) you know? Um, So I was playing a house party. And my uh, party friend and I, 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 at the time, I had a lot of friends in the music scene and they went like we were all partiers. But this one buddy and I, like, we went after it. Like, we were like, if there's a party in another town, another city, we're getting on a bus, we're finding our way there. If there's girls and there's beers, we're, we'll get there somehow. If we have yeah. to hitchhike, we'll do that. But we're going to do it. And so we were always like, just, just partying at take the party as far as possible. So up until this time, he was telling me like, bro, bro, you got to try Coke, man. You got to try it. And I was like, Hey man, like if it's around, like I'm not opposed to it. It just had never been around for me to really try. And we were at this house party and we, um, my band played, his band played. And 
these uh, two girls went to him and were like, hey, we have some blow. Do you want to try some? And he's like, yo, let me get my buddy. Like Mark, like Mark has to try this stuff. Let me get my buddy. So he's like, yo, bro, there's these two girls. They want to do coke with us. You want to come? And I was like, yes. Yeah, like, of course. Let's go. Come on. Duh, duh. Yeah. And, the, and so we went to wherever in the house and uh, we did it. And after I just did a couple lines, like I wasn't like Hollywood right off the first bat, but I did a couple lines and then I was already drunk at that point. I had a couple more drinks and then I smoked weed mixed with tobacco after I was already high. And that feeling that just like that head rush and that rush through my body, like the Coke was good, but when it was, was awesome. But when it was mixed with everything else that I already like, it was just, this was the feeling that I had been searching for. Mm. And it took a long time for it to be over, over. But from that moment on, like the party had really just started. Like I was, yeah. <laughs> I was pretty much just set to find that feeling for the rest of my life. So what has, you know, what has your life been like, uh, since you've gotten sober, since you've gotten into recovery? Well, man, like I got sober the first time, uh, 2016 was like when I first came back to Christ and got and was um able to uh it actually there was somebody who I knew who played at a church or was a worship pastor for a church and he asked me to play bass for the church they needed a bass player he knew I played bass and I just wanted to play music again at that point my band been broken up for about a year and I just wanted to play music again and so I uh, said, yeah. And so from Monday to, to, or sorry, Sunday to Thursday, I'd be reading my Bible and I'd be praying and I'd be Jesus. And then as soon as my paycheck came Thursday night, I was awake for the next four days. Yeah. And then, or like three days, you know, and it was that really constant struggle between like, I'd be playing two, three services on Sunday, awake from Thursday to Sunday. And then on Monday morning, it's like, here we go. This week will be different. And I just yeah. could not, could not get it. Um, and so that was probably a year of that. And so to, to go to what you're saying, I was really struggling to kind of keep that um, sobriety, but I was trying to do both. Mm-hmm still like back it's like just like high school right I, I was like doing coke all weekend every weekend still like working downtown Toronto still hanging out with the same people still doing the same thing still doing the same thing except I was just playing church on Sundays yeah. like there was no real difference but I was kind of back to trying and so uh when I came um I remember, I'll like never forget it, man. It was uh, uh, Thursday night. I got my paycheck. It was like 1400 bucks or something. And I spent it all in like seven hours. Like strip club, coke, weed, booze, you name it. I was spending on it. And I tried to buy a cup of coffee. I was walking. I, I to kind of, to kind of quick, um, make this quick. I was working at a restaurant and I had the key 
And so I would go party and then just sleep at the restaurant and wake up in the morning and run the show there. <laughs> and then that was kind of my thing. And so uh, after a year of trying to get back to Christ, trying, but just couldn't, I just, and it was kind of the same thing, man, back, like back then, like when I was a um, kid, right? Like what's wrong with me? Why can't I get sober? And I spent like 1400 bucks in six hours. And I went to buy a cup of coffee after the strip club and my credit card declined or like my debit card declined. And I was pissed. Like I could not believe it. And I, uh, I started, that was when my resentment to God really kind of came out. I'm like walking down the street and I am literally walking downtown Toronto out loud, like just swearing at God. Like, how could you do this to me? I love you. I play music. I read the Bible and I can't quit this effing. And I'm just swearing, yeah. walking down the street at four in the morning, just so furious. Like I'm trying, like I'm trying, like I'm reading my Bible and I'm praying and I'm, and I just can't stop doing drugs. And when this might sound kind of like crazy, but when I look back to that night, I really do picture somebody walking with me. Like I really do picture Jesus there walking with me. And I really do look back at it. Like he was there and he was walking with me. And the next morning I just knew I had to change it up. So I moved back to my mom's. And uh, that was my first attempt at getting sober. And so for the next three years or so, four years or so, I was uh, just, yeah, sober for a few months and then I'd relapse and be sober for a year and then relapse. And it was, you know, much better. Um, and so I was doing really, really well. And it wasn't until this last fall, I've been dating this girl for three years. I, uh, stopped drinking last year and uh i was dating this girl or am dating this girl and i proposed i proposed in uh summertime and i really thought that drugs were my problem i didn't really think like like booze was an issue but it was really drugs that was the main problem and i hadn't had a drink in almost a year but I was proposing, so I have to have a drink. Right. And a few months later, I went right back into drugs. And so my new sobriety date is November the 8th of 2020. And uh, it's been really humbling. And it's been, uh, yeah, really humbling. And, uh, but since like joining AA and doing the steps, like it's just that like journey of like really like continuing to uh, get to know yourself. Right. And to really understand who you are and why I couldn't get sober is because I wasn't actually getting sober. Like, yeah. like just because I wasn't doing Coke didn't mean that I was really fixing anything. I just wasn't doing coke, yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah, just kind of hitting a pause button, but everything else is still running in the background. Yeah, that's, um. well, man, I'm glad, you know, 
you are where you're at today. Um, and I think it's awesome that you're starting a podcast too. And I think it's, uh, it's cool that, you know, that, uh, our podcast was able to do whatever, you know, to help in some way or anything. Um, it's, uh, I really, I like that picture of, uh, you know, that's kind of like a, a, uh, surrender moment of walking down the street you know just having it out with god i think that's like the most uh biblical thing ever um of just man just airing his grievances <laughs> with the creator and just kind of like what's the deal yeah. man like what is the deal because a lot of us i think are too i know i was uh it took me years to finally put god on my resentment list uh and because I was like afraid mm. to, or, you know, thinking that I didn't have a right to, uh, all sorts of things. But when I finally, but just because I wasn't acknowledging it did not change the fact that it was there. I was just pretending like it didn't exist. Right. Which, and helps no mm -hmm. one. Um, so that was a very cool thing. Um, I really appreciate, uh, you telling your story, man. Um, tell thanks, bro. Tell everyone where they can find your show. Yeah, man, I um, appreciate it. I will say really quickly as well, uh, a little fanboy moment. <laughs> I like your pod came out right at the right time for me. And the fact that it was church and other drugs, I was like, this is perfect. I think I heard you guys through Bad Christian or something like that. Um, and I was not ready to listen to sermons yet. <laughs> and so to find a Christian who wasn't the biggest fan of, I don't know if that's fair to say, the biggest fan of modern day Christianity. Yeah, that's completely uh, fair. yeah. and uh, also with a past like mine, I really did feel alone in it. Like I didn't know anybody in, in the recovery world and the Christian world. So it was really cool. Uh, perfect timing for me. So I just want to say thank you for that. But awesome. yeah, you can find me on um, Instagram at Mr. Stutz pod uh, um, on Spotify, Apple, Google, uh, most podcast platforms, uh, Mr. Stutz, the stuttering recovering addict. Uh, the tagline is the stuttering recovering addict who, who can't stop talking, which I think I represented a little bit of that today. So thanks for deal for thanks for uh, putting up with that. But um, but yeah, that's where you can find me. I'll be there, and uh, yeah, man, I really appreciate the chance to kind of come on and to um, get you to meet you and. and uh, kind of tell my story i've been uh i've been hearing you talk trash for a while so i wanted to jump in and join you <laughs> absolutely and yeah definitely congregation go uh it me especially when podcasts are just starting out if you'll just go uh leave a review that uh that really helps mm. a lot with the whole algorithm thing um yeah man awesome i'm sure we will talk again um and yeah. dude 100 percent